You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I should have listened to Judd. I should have just listened to Judd's all again. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Lakers moved oh up. My God. Why did I? Why did I have faith? Why did I? Why was I stupid and have faith that something good would happen for the Timberwolves? I should have listened to Judd. I should have just listened to Judd's <laughs> all yeah. Can't hear that enough. That's doctored. Judd's, not that's going to be Judd's new ringtone right that's there. Edited. Exactly right. That's edited. I'm going to get home tonight and say, "Honey, Rami Maclov has the answer to life." Never said such a thing. <laughs> should have just listened to Judd. Have you guys been on the internet? They doctor all sorts of things yeah. nowadays. All right, all right, Mike Francis. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay. Well, that was that was our reaction on a special edition of Raised by Wolves Watch Along last night. Danny Cunningham, Rami Maklov, Phil Mackey, and you can you can listen to the whole thing, the lead up and then the reaction and then the fallout. It's available via podcast on scorenorth.com and the Scornorth mobile app. Yeah, relive that with us. Or or just make fun of me. It's entertaining. If you want, there's a better reaction. <laughs> it was Noted Knicks fan and New York native Stephen A. Smith, who just popped open a selfie video in the dark. Complete darkness. Complete darkness. Grainy, dark video. You just see, like, the silhouette of Stephen A. Smith. It reminds me, we're going to click play on this. It reminds me of one of those old, like, weird 80s or 90s wrestling promos where, yeah, like, I'm sitting in the dark. And I'm going to get you, Undertaker. Like, early Undertaker? Yeah. Yeah. Typical Knicks, man. <laughs> I knew it. They'd get close. They'd tease us. And then they wouldn't get it done. Oh! 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 <laughs> no, the Knicks were denying it. No, the Knicks had everybody believing. That if they got the number one overall pick, they were going to hold on to Zion. But I'm here to tell you, no matter what they tell anybody, they were thinking about moving that pick for Anthony Davis. They were at least Is thinking about it. Is he crying? Now New Orleans gets the first damn pick, and then they got both guys. What did the Knicks have? What did the Knicks have? <laughs> That is amazing. Is there more? I oh, think yeah. so. I don't know what else to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I calm down. My first take tomorrow morning. You won't. <laughs> oh, my. 
That is amazing. Do okay. that. <laughs> Jonathan, can you isolate just the one part where he's like, I, don't, I can't even tell. I think he's in a car or something. He's like pounding on the seat and he's like, ur, 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 like that part. That sounds like somebody's beating Stephen A. Smith. Like somebody, somebody is just it's punching, James, James Dolan. Somebody is punching him in the stomach repeatedly. He does realize that the Knicks have championships, though, right? <laughs> well, like you got to go back to the seventies. I don't right? care. What do we have? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 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 the final one. The final one. Yeah, put that one more time and picture picture Mortal Kombat, like picture Sub Zero against Johnny Cage, and then, and then this happens. <laughs> Finish him. <laughs> Finish him. Stephen is just like weary. What was he pounding? He's on? just wobbling back. Jonathan, forth. what's he pounding on? I think it's just his car. He sounds like car. he's in his car. Yeah, his poor car. What does Carver do to him? Question is: Is he driving or is he in an Uber? And he's Come just on. doing this in the backseat of an, of an Uber. He's the highest paid dude in this industry. He's got a driver. Yeah, he ain't, he ain't driving home. That poor driver. You kidding? The driver brought the fire. What's going great. on back there? People rip that guy. I have learned to just appreciate how brilliant he clearly is. Oh, the act's great. Yeah. I mean, come on. Give it to me one more time, please, John. <laughs> oh man! Oh. oh man! What do the Knicks have? What do the Knicks have? Was he crying? It sounded like he might have been legitimately crying. He does have nothing on Wolves fans, though. Like they have nothing on Wolves fans. No, but. As far as pain, no, no. The wolf, the wolf. That's the funny thing. The wolves are far more dysfunctional. The wolves' embarrassments are far more embarrassing. The wolves' lows are far more low. Yep. And well, at least the, the Knicks have a championship fifty yeah. years ago. Yeah, or whatever, exactly. Right? But I think wolves fans are just so emotionally drained and numb. At no, this they point. don't. Yeah. They don't have type of energy for that stuff. No, <laughs> they just don't have it. No. So why why are Knicks fans like that though? Because if you think about it. They have been dysfunctional for how long? Dolan is just a maniac, right? So why are there fans like that? At some point in time, They're, you just sort of, okay. I know when I was a kid and like my mom, on the rare occasion, she would take me to the toy store and like we didn't have a lot of money. So I was just happy to have one toy. Yep. But we'd always walk past that kid in the toy store whose parents obviously did have money and he had a cart full of toys and was still throwing a tantrum at his mom that she wouldn't let him get that toy that he wanted. So Knicks, Knicks. Knicks fans <laughs> are that kid. They've been spoiled and they don't know how to take no. They just don't know how to take no. They have a cart full of toys and just can't take that mom is saying no to the Iron Man action figure. They just can't accept that. Oh my gosh. Um, on air production meeting, should we take a Squeeze a quick break in and then get to we'd Andrew have, Brandt. We'd have to get Josh on. Let's um let's play Andrew Brandt. Okay. Let's let's play our interview with Andrew Brandt. Yeah, set it up for us here. So yesterday we we were wondering how the Vikings did what they did to free up the money to to sign Garrett Bradbury and the rest of their draft picks by doing what they did with Michael Kendrick's contract, which essentially was transitioning half of it into a signing bonus. And we said we need to get a salary cap expert on to do that. 
And so I dialed up Andrew Brandt. Nobody in the business better at explaining financial stuff in the sports world to dummies like us than Andrew Brandt. And here's our conversation with the man earlier today. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 and com. I'm Rami Makloff along with Phil Mackie, Judd Zulgad. And uh, joining us now, because we were confused yesterday with the news that Eric Hendricks restructured his contract to make room to sign the draft picks. And we said we have to get somebody on who actually understands this stuff. So we got the guy who understands this stuff better than anybody understands this stuff. You find his work in the MMQB. He's also the host of the Business of Sports podcast. Pleasure to welcome in Andrew Brand. Andrew, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing well. Always good to be with you guys. Now, we yes, throughout this offseason, we've been talking about the fact that the Vikings probably needed to make a significant move to fr- free up the money that they would need to eventually sign their draft picks. And we were talking about trading Kyle Rudolph or cutting him or Trey Waynes or Xavier Rhodes. And then yesterday, the news drops that Eric Hendricks converted half his $4 million salary this year to a signing bonus, and somehow that magically freed up the cap space. And we decided that the NFL salary cap is just fake. It's not a real <laughs> thing. Can you, can you tell, is it fake, or can you explain to us how exactly all this works? <laughs> Well, listen, my first reaction to that is that's not typical Minnesota Vikings because I've known Rob Brzezinski for, I don't know, 20, probably 25 years. And he's always been a guy that's uh, like sort of the way I manage the cap in Green Bay, kind of a pay-as-you-go. So you try to line up cash and cap very similarly so you don't get left over with extra charges if you go south with a player which are teams like the Saints and the and the Steelers, you know, and, and the Steelers leaving behind $21 million on Antonio Brown is just ridiculous. The Cowboys left behind 20 million on Tony Romo. So it, it seemed a little out of character for the Vikings. But basically what the NFL system allows for is signing bonus proration, which is you get the cash, the cash counts as cash in year one, but it only counts as a prorated amount for cap in year one. So you give a guy a $10 million bonus over five years. For cash, it's counted as 10 For cap, it's counted as 2 which sounds great until, as I said, things might go south with that player in year two, where you bring forward the unaccelerated amount, which is $8 million, and you got $8 million on a player that's no longer there. So... Yeah, I don't think it's a great way to manage your cap, but if you're stuck up against it, that's your option. That's your way out. Andrew, how difficult is this dance uh, to dance? And and if you're being smart, like a guy like you uh, were with Packers or with what uh, Rob has done continually with the Vikings, how many of those can you afford to redo like that before you get very skittish about a dangerous path that you talked about that you're going down? Yeah, you don't want to do many, and it usually comes down to the same players every year because they have the biggest salaries. I mentioned Romo. I mentioned Antonio Brown. I mentioned a player like Drew Brees. You know, where you think about Drew Brees, you think he's making $20 million, but he's counting $30 million. So what's the other 10 Well, it's all this stuff, you know, from stacking up prorated bonus over the years with all these renegotiations. Listen, doing Kendricks for that amount, no big deal. It's just that, you know, A, you make a bet that Kendricks is not going anywhere. That's your first thing for a while. And B, 
you just don't have many others. You know, you just try not to stack them up next to each other, as some teams do, that just sort of play that credit card spending game, and you never get out of that cycle. So, but I think to your main question about whether the cap is a real cap, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a Jew, and I always call the. Uh, I, I didn't say it yet. My, I, I call the cap a, a, a soft cap, like a yarmulke. <laughs> Our Jewish friends out there would understand that, um, and and it's even worse, or better, I guess, or worse, whatever you want to call it, in the NBA, which is all kinds of exceptions, where you have teams in the NBA on a $104 million cap paying $180, $190 million. Now, in the NFL, on a $188 cap, you do have teams in the low 200s on cash. But, you know, obviously they can. no one can ever go over the cap, but it all becomes self-regulated. Yeah. Uh, you know Andrew Brandt from his time uh, handling player contracts for, uh, for about a decade with the Packers in the 90s and the early 2000s, Monday Morning Quarterback, and also the Business of Sports podcast right now, Mackie and Jeb with Rami. So we've, we've spent the last few months trying to figure out, okay, who's going to get restructured? What kind of conversations have to happen with a popular player like a Kyle Rudolph? How awkward can it be, or just maybe give us your perspective, when you know you're about to approach an agent and, and a player and essentially ask that player to take a pay cut or restructure? in Because we think Rob Brzezinski is amazing at this. With the Chad Greenways, he doesn't seem to fracture relationships, yeah. but that can be really delicate, I would guess. Yeah, listen, Rob's kind of a lifer on the team side, and I'm, I came from the agent side, so... You know, I think one of the reasons the Packers hired me was that they wanted to get a little more agent-friendly. And I was on the job maybe a week or two or a month, and Ron Wolf saying, well, <laughs> I need you to try to get, you know, money back <laughs> from players that were Packer Hall of Famers like a Leroy Butler or a uh, Gilbert Brown or Mark Chamura, uh, Santana Dotson, and Dorsey Levins, Antonio Freeman. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, but... As Rob does, you have to go with tact, and you have to un- make players and their agents, more importantly, understand what you're trying to do. And it's not that the money's going in the pockets of the owner. We didn't have an owner, but you make them understand this is not about taking money from you to go to the owner. It's taking money from you to go to XYZ on the team. Sometimes it's tough. You know, you try to give them back in bonus, in incentive clauses or things like that, but it's never easy hearing those things. Andrew, part of the reason, the main reason that the Vikings found themselves in the in the tough cap situation that they were this year was that contract they gave to Kirk Cousins last year. Three years guaranteed at about $29 million per year. When you were part of running a front office for an NFL team, is that is that a contract that you would ever consider giving, or is that too much of an albatross and, and would force you into too many situations like the Vikings found themselves in this offseason? You know, it's a great question because it certainly is a, a standard-busting contract. But as I've always said, you know, Kirk Cousins had extreme leverage, maybe the most leverage of any player in history, because how many times in the history of the sport do you see a productive, relatively young quarterback on the market? And the closest thing we had was 2012 Peyton Manning, but he was coming off three neck surgeries. So... No one 
in that position ever gets to free agency. And the only reason Kirk got to free agency is that the Redskins never made him a serious offer. And had they done that, I'm sure he would have taken it because you can't turn down that kind of money. But they didn't. Now, the one thing I know from Rob, from, uh, you know, uh, the agent side, Mike McCartney, is that while he could get three years fully guaranteed, the idea of a fourth year was a non-starter. So, yeah, I mean, the, the Kirk can say, well, yeah, I wanted three years so I can get to free agency again, but we've yet to see a real fourth-year guarantee in the NFL. A lot of players like Aaron Rodgers, Matt, Matt Ryan, uh, others have essentially three years guaranteed with other years stacked on them. Uh, no one's been willing to go to that fourth year, even with the extreme leverage that Kirk had. But no doubt it's a great deal because it's fully guaranteed, the first veteran deal like that we've seen. So a question that this show gets a lot now is this. If the Vikings need cap relief, why don't they uh, simply go to Cousins and have him redo his contract? Can you explain to us and our our audience out there, Andrew, why it is uh, a very difficult thing, if not darn near impossible, for Cousins to redo and or manipulate and move that contract around? Well, it's not impossible, but the fact that it's a three-year deal, now it's got two years left. I mean, if you want to bonus out $10 million, you know, you're saving $5 million. I guess that's nothing to squeeze, nothing to laugh at. But, you, you know, this is not a deal where you can bonus out over four years or five years. you just got the one year left because uh, he did such a short deal. Typically, when you can convert signing bonus into salary or vice versa to get cap room, you have a guy with two, three, four, five years remaining, and that's the way you get the, the maximum benefit. But again, you know, I don't, when I think of teams that are strapped on the cap and having issues, Vikings are never one that comes to mind. That's Andrew Brandt. Check out uh, him on Twitter, at Andrew Brandt, inside the MMQB, and uh, take a listen to the Business of Sports podcast if you like things explained as they were here in this yes. interview, so that we laymen can all understand and digest it. Andrew, always a pleasure, man. Thanks for a few minutes of your time. Enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. I think I get it now. I think I do as well, because we, we got, as you said, someone who was smarter than us to explain exactly. it. Exactly. Right. So they, ho- hopefully we get it's it. It's like using a credit card. Is what they did with Michael Kedricks. Yes, but what he said was so he, but he basically said you don't want to do that too much because they push things down the road, which they don't like to do. But in this case, they basically felt that they had to, which is why cutting or trading Kyle actually made more financial sense. But they just decided to take on the debt, right? Which I agree with that move because that's a win now move, and you're in that's a win now. Correct. You're in a win now window. Absolutely correct. In other news. It is time for the radio segment that is sweeping the nation. It's the middle of the week. It's the middle of the show, and we like to take a break from the hard-hitting sports talk we bring you here on Score North and the Score North mobile app to bring you some of the odd stories from outside the world of sports, although some of them are sports-related, like this first story that I have for you in other news, and, of course, it comes from Florida. Jordan Glenn Anderson, 29 years old, faces charges after he was busted without any clothes Sunday while shooting hoops at a public park in Longwood. Police said officers were called to the scene around 7.30 p.m. when a Candyland Park employee reported there was a man playing basketball naked. Oh, When approached on the court, Anderson told officers 
He was working on his basketball skills and feels playing naked enhances his skill level. Hold on a second. That works. Less room for air if you're dribbling between your legs. <laughs> Can you shoot threes effectively that way? He followed orders, put his clothes back on, then was arrested on misdemeanor charges for indecent exposure, according to the police report. Based on observing Jordan at Candyland Park, which is a public area, and without clothing, exposing his sexual organs, I found probable cause to charge Jordan hmm. with indecent exposure, the officer's report read. Hmm. Uh, definitely gives new meaning to the phrase posting up. <laughs> oh, boy. No. That's... Oh, what if it's true, though? Boy. What if it's true? Then, then I got to get, get naked. Playing naked. And pro- like, what if if I was the officer, I'd have been like, prove it. I feel like this happened in, <laughs> didn't this happen in Love and Basketball with Where Omar he, Epps? He played naked? <laughs> I don't remember. play, like, strip basketball at one point? I don't remember that scene. <laughs> I feel like it's been have. a long time since oh, I've seen that. But if I was a cop, I'd be like, prove it. <laughs> and maybe this dude just like throws wait, down. Wait, wait, you you would want to watch dude play I in mean, the nude. I just want to see if he's right that playing basketball enhances his skill level. I'd want to find out. I what think kind of, I'd go to the park myself naked and do it before I watch someone else do it. What kind of physique are we talking about here? Is there a picture um, of this guy? I don't have a picture of his physique, but I do have a picture of him, and it is perfect. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> Let me take one guess. Lots of meth before basketball. See, I, I'm, I'm trying I to figure that's out. that's a fair guess. Is he like, is he, you know, when he's out there with no clothes, is it like Woody Harrelson in White Man Can't Jump or Philip Seymour Hoffman in Along Came Polly? <laughs> Can you imagine trying to D this dude up? <laughs> There's no way I'm trying to D this dude up. Absolutely not. That's, you score all you want. That's buddy. what makes him effective. <laughs> it works. Man. In other news, this is devotion here. Uh, Vita Coco has gone off the rails. The Coconut Waters community coordinator, Lane Rawlings, tweeted an image of herself on the brand's main account clutching a jug of what she claims is her own urine. Oh, the image was what? in response to a Twitter troll who had told Vita Coco, quote, I would rather drink your social media person's urine than coconut water. He said he would rather drink our social media person's urine and at Vita Coco will go to great lengths to prove a hater wrong. Vita Coco's brand director, Allison Finazzo, told Huffington Post via Twitter. Hold on. That's their brand director. This is this is their brand. <laughs> Putting urine in coconut water bottles and sending oh, no. it out to consumers. That's no, their brand. No, the brand coordinator put urine in the bottle. The brand director would never do such a thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, my bad. The hater at hand is Troy Poznanski. Sorry, Tony Poznanski, who once wrote an entire Huffington Post blog post about how much he hated coconut water. On Wednesday, he tweeted that he found coconut water to be bleeping disgusting. He then tweeted at Vita Coco directly and told them not to, quote, come at me. Naturally, Vita Coco came at him hard and told him, quote, let us send you some. Don't knock it until you try it. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. That's their brand. What did you say it was? Brand coordinator. Coordinator. Yeah. But there's a brand director sending out bottles of urine with their logo on it. So on the football parallel scale, is director above coordinator or coordinator above director? Like- oh, no. In this case, director is above coordinator. Okay. Yeah. Director is having coordinator. Just curious how it works. P in the, in, the <laughs> in other news, doctors in China found an unusual cause for a patient's ear problems. 
There was a spider oh, in there. No, 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 no. And it was building a no, nest. No, 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 no. Your idea for no. a segment? I'm coming. No. I'm coming with the good stuff. No. According to the South China Morning Post, the patient reported an quote intense itch in his ear and went to the hospital oh, last month. Oh God. Oh. Well, no, but at least he, he's addressing it, right? Quote, I didn't notice it when inspecting his ear with the naked eye, the doctor said. However, using an endoscope, I discovered the small spider inside. Mm. The spider was caught on camera as it spun a web in the patient's ear canal. (sighs) Making matters worse, the elusive uh, spider moved too quickly to be caught with instruments and had to be flushed out. Wash your ears well tonight, then maybe wash them again. I just hear stories in case. like this, and like every it's, little, it's plausible by the way. Every itch, everything, like anything I feel in my ear, I'm completely, I'll be completely and totally paranoid for the next three or four days until I forget about mm. this. Story. And the worst part is, the gal always is like, "You're being paranoid." I'm like, "You should have read the story I read." There, there was a story circulating a few years ago that there were uh, spiders inside grapes. Okay. And I could not eat grapes for an entire summer. Well, that's a <laughs> and even shame. when, even I, when I did start eating grapes, I would like bite off half of it and look inside and make sure there were no spiders. What do you do without grapes and a phone in the bathroom? Like, I, how do you even exist? I don't know. I know. I know. You so many rules for Rami. It's ridiculous. You guys ever wonder uh, where the ugliest people in the world are from? Wisconsin. Like, what country makes the <laughs> ugliest people in the world? Iowa. Uh, what country makes the ugliest people in the world? I mean, United, the United States is probably pretty high beautiful, on that list in general. Right? Beautifulpeople.com is the dating website which has caused controversy precisely because it's only for, well, beautiful people. And in case you're not sure how one gets access to such a tool, here's how it works. Prospective users register their interest, then sit tight for 48 hours while existing members of the opposite sex vote on their looks. It's a bit scary and Orwellian, but it has over a million members, so maybe that's just people for you. It says since 2002, its inception, the site has rejected 8.5 million people worldwide (laughs) for not being attractive enough. Traits which will get you a thumbs down from members include, but are not limited to, bad skin, a large nose, being quote-unquote thin fat, which I don't even know what that is, or having either too much or too little hair for men. Out of the eight and a half million people who didn't make the grade, one nationality came up over and over again. Any guesses? Any guesses? I don't. You don't want to be mean and offensive no, to a I'm nationality. Not Russia. Nope. Actually, They're very rigid-looking people. I think Russia is. does all right. The UK. Yeah. Okay. The UK. Yeah, crooked teeth. Yeah. That's one thing that they pointed out for was sure. they have that's a true. pension for bad teeth. And uh, they came in last place, tied with India. Actually, you were right. Russia and the Philippines, for the most good-looking nation, the Scandinavian countries came out on top. This is how Facebook started. Facebook and HotOrNot.com, like 15 years ago, were were basically rate how good-looking people are websites. Russia. I got a question. (laughs) Why all or nothing? (laughs) Like, a good-looking Russian... Is super good looking. It's like, and an ugly Russian is like, oh my gosh, turn the lights off. <laughs> like, there's no like this country. You've got a ton of in between, right? It's mostly in between. Yeah, but you know, yeah. there's some there's some incredibly good we're looking a country people. Of, we're people. a country of fours to sevens. Yeah, but why in Russia? It's all ones to threes or eights to tens. Yeah, why? <laughs> 
you're right. How does that work? I can't even argue with you. No, you're kind of right. It's not a bad point. In other news. Thank you. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little dark here. Okay. Okay. All right. This is PG thirteen, maybe even rated R. All right. Ooh, I like it. It's after five thirty. Let's go. Have you guys ever seen the movie Saw? Oh, uh, yeah. or so, any of the Saw movies? Oh, yes. I think I might have saw Saw the first one. Okay. <laughs> Kurt Kaiser from Nebraska was unloading corn before he oh, climbed out of his truck and accidentally stepped on the opening of a grain auger. The equipment is used to transport grain and has a part inside resembling a large drill bit. Oh, boy. Mr. Kayser said he became caught as the device pulled at his leg, tearing away some skin, muscle, and tissue. Mm. The farmer who lives in the village of Pender told ABC News, I stepped right in the damn thing. It grabbed a hold of me. I can remember seeing it start, and I go, this ain't good. And then when my foot was in there banging around, I was trying to hold my leg Pull the leg out, and I said to myself, this is not good. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Kayser, who didn't have his mobile device with him, said there was no one around to help, and he didn't know if somebody would come. He also feared he might pass out as the machine pulled on his leg. I about gave up and said, quote, whatever happens, happens. If it sucks me all the way in, it's over with. But then all at once, I thought of my pocket knife. No! Oh, God, dude. Oh, no. The farmer said oh, at one point God. he nearly dropped the three to four inch blade into the auger. But once he had a good grip, he started. That's right. Oh, my God. Sawing off his leg oh, about eight God. inches below the knee. Hey, you thought oh, spider in the ear was bad, Rami. He said he doesn't remember experiencing much pain and he didn't notice a lot of blood. Adrenaline kicked in so much. I didn't know if it hurt or not. The story continues, but. He's still alive. That's. Did he get all all the way off? He had to crawl about 150 to 200 feet on rock and gravel to the nearest phone after this happened. And uh, he he contacted one of his sons who relayed the message to 911. Call 911, people. If you're in trouble, just call 911. Don't call a family member and say, call 911. Cut out the middleman. You just cut off your own leg. Wow. Call 911. Could you guys do that? No. No, I, I don't think I, I could. Die. I'd die. I'd die. There's no There's way. I, no, could I couldn't either. There's no, no way. I Hell no. No, I couldn't do it. I would panic. Yeah. Like, it's, it seems like he was real calm about this whole thing. He's looking down at his leg being. So, how, how did this start again? I'm sorry. He said he admitted that he had cut away part of the auger's safety screen to make it fit easier into a certain space last winter. Way Quote, to go, bud. I'm kind of yeah, disappointed in myself right. that I didn't think of fixing that thing okay. or whatever. Okay, Rami's right here. But that's why they call them accidents, I guess. No, it's not. This guy's way too nonchalant. You, and by the about way, losing his foot. The accident's your fault. And cutting you, off his own foot. Well, and you created it. It's got a safety device for a reason. Like, you created this. This is not an accident. This is a a creation of your own doing. And now you have to cut off your foot. You got one more, or can I go? No, just go ahead. Speaking of people who are to blame for their, one done. their own misfortunes, um, I don't know who's to blame for this, but it's definitely one of the two people named in this story. Imagine a mom's distress at witnessing how her son's birthday party unfolded after none of the little boy's friends attended as well as their parents who were also invited. Hmm. What makes it all the more heartbreaking is that for this birthday, his mom had learned her lesson from the previous year when she sent out invites with very little notice, resulting in none of his schoolmates 
being able to come along. So two straight birthdays for this six-year-old boy. No friends at his birthday party. Okay, it's sad. She also admitted, my son didn't really get along with the other kids in the first place. However, this year, he spent all year focusing on making friends. Different group of kids than last year. We sent out invites a month in advance with multiple reminders. A lot of preparation had gone into the big day with cupcakes ordered, party supplies at the ready, and the venue booked. One slight flaw was that the party was booked for Mother's Day, although the mom did account for this, so over-invited and made the party noon to two, thinking it would be after brunch or before a barbecue, typical Mother's Day activities. We had eight families, RSVP, that they would be there, 18 kids. The parents emailed me asking for gift ideas, telling me how many siblings to expect, saying how excited they were, and all eight families no-showed. Like any protective parent, the mom is seriously angry at the lack of courtesy and communication coming from the other parents. I get that it's Mother's Day, she said. And yeah, the weather wasn't great, but would it kill you to send me a damn text message? What am I supposed to tell my son? Despite the obvious disappointment, my husband and I forced a smile, carried on, no big deal. My son seemed to have a good time anyway until he realized all of the empty place settings when we did cake. Here's my question. That's that's heartbreaking. Well, first of all, they're idiots. Yes. And all of the eight families that RSVP'd didn't know it was Mother's Day when they RSVP'd, and then they realized, oh, it's Mother's Day, we're not going to do this. Right. What I want to know is, who is the amazing investigative journalist who uncovered this story? (laughs) You know? Like, how do you... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he had to get a tip from somebody, right? right? right. Is the mom calling up and going, boy, do I got a story for you? I call the tip line on this one. You want to hear how terrible a mom I am? <laughs> last year, I sent out invites at the last second for my five-year-old son's birthday party. This year, I invited people for his six-year-old birthday party on Mother's Day of all days. Why are you doing a kid's party on a Sunday, though? But is it possible? Is it possible? Let's explore the possibility. Yep. That is this kid's fault, that he's just not that likable of a six-year-old kid. You have to explore it. But, but, you have to explore right? it. Is this, right? kid, is this kid smart enough to realize that people sort of suck, and so he's just got a jump start? There are six-year-olds out there who are just not not likable, just not, not good people. Also, if you've gone through this a year before, why are you not inviting family just to make sure there's people there? Why wouldn't point. you invite That's the cousins? I'm, pay- I, I'm honestly, I'm paying random actors and actresses right. to show up. <laughs> yeah. To just do like that model wave, you know, when they sit on the back of the, like the, the Miss Corn Fed USA, you know, on the parade route, why, waving like a statue. Why wouldn't you do the party on like a Saturday? Is it wrong for me to ask? Maybe does this kid suck? Like, is that is that wrong for me to ask? <laughs> well, it, here here's the problem. It sounds like the parents do, and that and that's the issue. And Parents who suck generally have kids who do make kids who suck, right? Isn't that? I don't know. It exactly. only makes sense. But to stop me. looking at me. But, <laughs> but if the parents stop looking this way. But if the parents aren't likable, the problem is then you're not going to take your kid to to that person's house and want to socialize a, with mom and dad. A question for Jonathan. I know we got to go to a break, but he's the only one with kids here. Yeah. Do your kids have any friends who you just don't like? Uh, my kid's three hasn't been to school yet. Oh, okay. So not All really. right. All right. No, do you, do you fear fun. your kid turning six and being super weird and having no friends? 
I mean, it's me, so yes. <laughs> I mean, you guys know me. I'm pretty weird. I eat corn dogs all the time. Yeah, I'm afraid he's going to be weird. Just a chip out the old block. Yeah. Take him out for a corn dog. Be done with it. Yeah. That's your birthday, kid. Because weird parents probably make weird kids. That's True. probably a, a, an equation that's safe to assume. Uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami. <laughs> And uh, since Patrick is in Montreal this week, we will not be rapping with Ricey this week. But when we come back, we do have some bad news for Twins fans, for most Twins fans. And it has nothing to do with the roster or the players on the field, but something was announced or uncovered earlier today that we have to talk about when we come back here. Let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota for just a brief moment, though. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. We've been talking about pothole season and uh, the damage that it can do not only to your tires, but to your alignment. It's never a good idea to be driving out of alignment. It's just uh, can cause all kinds of uh, bad situations. So lucky for all of us, Luther Brookdale Toyota has a full-time dedicated tire specialist on staff. You can bring your vehicle in, make sure your alignment is good, and that you're safe on the roads this spring. So I am in the market for a new vehicle. I have uh, reached the end of my three-year lease on a 2016 Camry or a Corolla, and uh, I'm I've loved it. Great gas mileage. Thinking about either a RAV4 or a Camry this next time around. I love leasing because I love the new technology that comes in. And uh, I love the safety features. If you're thinking about a new vehicle right now, 2019 Highlanders, Tundras, and Siennas. 0% financing for 60 months on all three. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. A high fly left center field. Nice call, partner. A two-run home run for Byron his second of the year, and it's 4-1. And that partner that Dick Bramer references is Justin Morneau, who, according to the Star Tribune, Mike Rand had this. Today was Justin Morneau's last Fox Sports North game until August. Yeah. August? Yes. Uh, him and his wife have so another baby due here. Away. A month and a half? Yeah, no, two and a half. Yeah, two and a half yeah, months don't, away. Don't, don't if it was only a month and a half, don't I wouldn't be so mad. On yeah, <laughs> two and a half <laughs> months away. Watch summer, Ronnie. Did you skip June or July? There, which one? Did July. You, I July. July. Okay. Yeah. July's yeah. too hot for me. You just it's just blocked out of yeah. your mind. Yeah, yeah. Another reason you should put a roof. On. Oh yeah, here we go. So Burt Blylevin is is still set to do fifty games. He's only done like a handful. He hasn't done many games he so far this year. He didn't even do the opening series. Yeah. And uh, Justin is going to do, I think, 30 total this year. And then combinations of Roy Smalley and Tim Laudner and some others are going to mix in. Jack Morris is going to do some games. Is but Perk going in the booth at all? Not this year. He's Perk's going to do 30 games pre and post okay. this year. And uh, and maybe do some games. I don't know what the plan is going forward. But I know that he's very much in on the pre and post game stuff. And maybe a chance to do some booth stuff next year. Nice. But like... Justin Morneau, if if it's not obvious, I don't want to sit here and dump on Burt because Burt's had a great career for twenty plus years in the Twins booth. He's done he's twenty five years, right? The Circle Me Burt thing started, I think, in the mid to late nineties. But Justin Morneau just brings so much. I, I what's the word I'm looking for? Like he understands the game as it's played now, and he can explain it to fans. And his energy level's gone up in the last. couple I was just going to say he keeps getting better too. He keeps yes. getting more comfortable, and you can hear it. Our guy Roy's good, so that that'll be good because I don't think he's been. I want to say he has not been in the booth yet this season. Smalley's done uh, pre and post game work a bunch, but I don't think he's been uh, done a game. So that's good. But yeah, Bert was. Uh, I mean, look, Bert is a Hall of Fame pitcher, right? Had a great career as a pitcher. 
and, and they became a broadcaster, and they started to but, circle but, things. Yeah, but you're, so you're saying at no point. I know that the last few years, okay. the last few years okay. of Bird had been rough, but he was he had he was funny for you know for a while. His, yeah. his before his jokes. The you know, thing about Justin, the thing about Justin, what he does, what Roy can do, is they teach you stuff. They point out stuff you just don't see. Yeah, and it changes the dynamic. In in my opinion, as a viewer, when you feel like you are learning things on a game by game basis. So the breakdown. This is at the start of the year. The breakdown is Blylev in fifty games. Okay. Morno 40 games, and he's already done like half of those, I think. Okay. Smalley, 24. Jack Morris, 22. Oh, Latroy okay. Hawkins is going to do 18 games total. Okay. Jim Cott, 10. Tim Laudner, 3. So Tim Laudner will do one series. Really? And then uh, because, so those numbers don't add up to 162 because there's a few times where they have a three-man booth. Like Jim Cott, I th- wasn't Jim Cott and Jack Morris in a booth Bly together? Levin. And Bly in Levin. Baltimore. Okay. They did the uh, doubleheader in, in Baltimore together. Yep. And Jim Cott is off the charts phenomenal. Do you think Justin Morneau would ever do a full slate? Because I don't know. I mean, the, the the problem now is some of these guys make so much money in right. their careers. That's what I was just going to say. Like he doesn't you're need on, it. Yeah, if you're sitting on $100 million, do you really want to go and do you 150 games in the booth? If it, it's the right combination of people, do you guys mind this? I sort of like this. The I, rotating cast? Yeah, because Cot, Cot's not, you know, Cot's 80, but he's phenomenal. But give me, okay, so he'll do 12 games. Right. But if you give me a combination of Roy Smalley Morneau, Jim Cott for, you know, 10 to 12 games. And if if it's the right people, it's sort of fun. But yeah. the, the answer to your question, I think, Phil, of whether or not he would do a full slate of games is answered by him taking two and a half months off for paternity leave. Because my first thought was, and not, not to come down on Justin Morneau or anybody else, I think paternity leave should be more the regular in 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 nah, the American ahead. workforce than than what it is now. But say what you're going to say. My first I'm thought was, do you need two and a half months? No, no. And the honest answer is, he probably doesn't. But he can. You know, he can. Sure. Like if 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 I ever had a kid and could take two and a half months to help and raise that kid and and get assimilated to actually having a family, I would take it if I could. I couldn't because I can't afford to do that. Can I ask a serious question. But if I could, I would. Don't you guys get bored, though, if you're, like, off from work too much? You're talking to the wrong guy. I do not. I don't get bored. I'm a staycation guy. Really? I don't go anywhere. So you guys are cooped up with the gal. At at some point, I'm taking a week off, Judd, and I'm not going anywhere. Oh, no, no. I'm staying in my apartment. No, totally get that. Okay. No, no. I'm saying two and a half months. Well, you can't even go five days without filing a column to the website. Like, <laughs> well, I just start to bounce off the walls. I get bored. Pelissera used to yell at me for stuff like that. The first the week of having a kid when I was off from work for the, just the one week. Yep. I literally, when I would spend the night holding the kid because my wife was asleep. Yep. I would watch Netflix. I binged through so many yeah. shows on Netflix. Like Netflix has provided so many dads and moms out there you need who a, have their yeah. You need a TV paternity leaves. You need a TV addiction like sure. Jonathan and I well, have. But is he had a kid. I, right. I don't have Dude. a kid to do that with. There's nothing like like even if you're let, let's say the gals out of town or something like a lot of guys. Oh, let's get the guys together. No, Mm-mm. I order a pizza. Yep. I pour a couple drinks and I watch Netflix documentaries. I binged and it's Narcos that first week. Yeah. Yeah. I go to appropriate bodies. show. I take a nice long hot shower. I'll give myself a manicure. Rub my feet. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Judd is physically uncomfortable right now. That's not even a joke. I'm That's something I actually do. I'm a pedicure guy. Not gonna lie to you guys. Do you go and get pedicures? Yeah. Or, okay. Oh, yeah. I give myself a manicure. I want the calf rub. Every other week, I give myself a manicure. Hmm. I'll own that. <laughs> 
This sounds like some. This sounds like something that we need video of. Shiny buff. I give myself the shiny buff. You know what? I feel like this needs to be captured on video. I don't know if it does. I think it does. You know what? I'm due for a manicure this Sunday. There will be video. You know, we once had an intern get a pedicure from Judd at the State Fair because he lost a football bet. That might be. See, they're looking jacked up right now. Mine are looking. That's why I'm due for a manicure this Sunday. I just cut mine a couple days ago. Uh, Mackie, Judd, and the well-manicured Rami Mackie. I'm going to stream that live. At Rami is tweeting, manicure this Sunday. Find our podcast on scorenup.com. Zolgad, I'll talk to you later. Bye.